Amen. Thank you. If I could get you to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts. We're going to look at Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4 this morning. So uh, we're not going to read the whole thing for sake of time here this morning. So I'll begin in Acts chapter 3 and read a few verses and then we'll get into the message. Uh, looking at uh, Peter and John and, and uh, some of the things that they did in the first century church and uh, how we should be emulating them. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 3 uh, in verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered, in, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Let's do a word of prayer. Father, we are, again, so thankful, Lord, for your love for us. Lord, for the miracle that we saw, see here in this uh, passage that took place so long ago for our learning. Lord, I pray that we would, Lord, have, Lord, the example of Peter and John here in these two chapters, Lord, of giving us a blueprint, Lord, of how we're to live our Christian life. And Lord, I pray that Lord, we would not only give what's been given to us, but that, Lord, we do so with right heart, right attitude, and, Lord, that others would see and come to know you as a result. Lord, I just ask now for your Holy Spirit to guide, your Holy Spirit to utter uh, through the preaching of your word here this morning to each heart, that, Lord, you might be lifted up, glorified, and praised in this day. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when we look at this, uh, in, in uh, I've only got eight points here this morning, so we should be done by the time I go to the nursing home. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, we, we, we look at, at Peter and John here, and at the very beginning of chapter 3, uh, we see something about these men uh, that we really need to be focused on, if you will. First of all, it says uh, in verse 1 that they went up together into the temple uh, at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. I want you to see, first of all, that they were where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there. They were where they were supposed to be 
when they were supposed to be there. They were on their way to a prayer meeting here. Uh, they're, they're headed up in the ninth hour. That's uh, when the prayer time was. And they were headed into the temple. Now, uh, I understand that they were saved men. They were going to the temple. They were Jews. Uh, this was a place for them to pray. It was still God's house. Uh, and they were headed there to pray. And it was the ninth hour. They were they were going to do what they were supposed to do, and they were going to be there when they were supposed to be there. You know, that's a great example for God's people. God's people should be in God's house when the doors are open. God's people uh, should be there when they're supposed to be there. Um, you know... A lot of people will say, well, listen, you, you, you don't need to be there at every service. Uh, the Lord doesn't give a specific number of services in his word uh, that we're supposed to be there. But he says so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, and I'm pretty sure that if we look around, we can see the day approaching quite quickly. And, you know, I, I, I remember... In Bible college, or listening to Pastor Sexton, I, I think there probably wasn't too many weeks that would go by where he didn't insert somewhere in a service that listen, it takes three to thrive. It takes it takes three services a week uh, in order uh, to thrive. You can get by uh, with one, you can get by with two, but you're not going to flourish. If he's had three. And, and he he talked about those things. And, and listen, each service has different uh, parts to it of, of prayer and, and praise. And, and Wednesday night we do a, a little of all three. But uh, Sunday school is a teaching time. Sunday morning, uh, of course, is a time uh, to, to focus on God's word. Sunday evening tends to be sometimes a little more in-depth, but there's there, there, there needs to be uh, spiritual food taken in by a spiritual person in order to thrive. Now, Peter and John were headed to the temple. They were going to the place of prayer at the proper time. Listen, let's take their example and be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. I want you to see something else here. Uh, if you go down to verse 6, they did what they were supposed to do as Christians. See, they were, they were on their way to prayer meeting, and as they're going on their way, there's this man who is lame. He's, he's there. He's, he's hurting. He's, he's been there for a long time. Uh, he's, he's begging. He's, he's trying to, to earn a living by uh, speaking to passers-by and getting them to to donate something to him. And as they're passing by him, he looks at them and he asks in alms, and he's, he's asking them to be a help to them. And, and Peter and, and John, uh, there's a kid's song, and I, every time I read that verse, I want to get into the cadence of the, the kid's song, but my cadence isn't real good, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, in case... You, you guys didn't notice as everybody was clapping and do, Lord, I was not. There's a reason for that, because I would not be on time <laughs> with the clapping. So I don't want to mess everyone up. And, and here, 
these men are heading to the temple. They have a place they're supposed to be going, something they're supposed to be doing. They're going to God's house, and yet here they are. They're passing by a man with a need. And he looks at them, and he asks them for something. And Peter, he he looks at him, and he says, Silver and gold have I none. It's an interesting statement. You know God does not expect you to give what you don't have. God did not tell Peter and John, here, listen, you reach down in your empty pockets and you pull out enough gold to fill this man's cup to the brim. That's not what God gave them to do. God does not expect you to do what you are unable to do, what you do not have the resources to do. But what he does expect you to do is what you can. And that's what Peter and John did here. Uh, He says, here then said Peter, silver and gold have I none. But, such as I have, give I thee. What did he have? He had the power of Jesus Christ. He had the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. He had the faith that God could use him to touch the life of this one who was hurting and make it better. He says, listen, I don't have any money, but I've got the truth of God's word, and I've got the power of God's spirit, and if you'll listen to what I say, and if you'll believe in the things that I'm telling you, you can walk again. As such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He didn't have the gold, but he had the faith. He didn't have the gold, but he had the assurance that God was working through him. And he was able to make a difference in this man's life as a result. I wonder, folks, how many times we have missed opportunities to meet the need in somebody's life because we may have looked at it and said, well, I can't afford to do that. Or maybe worse still, we haven't looked at all to see if there's something we can do. And Peter and John, as they're headed to where they're supposed to be, When they're supposed to be there, they see this one with a need. And even though they didn't have what he thought he needed, they did what they were supposed to do as Christians, and they did what they could. How many of us can say the same? I know there's been many times in my life that I've passed opportunities. And not because I wasn't able to meet the need, but because I'm afraid I either wasn't looking or I was too busy thinking about something else to take the time. You know, the example that we have here is that we do what we're supposed to do as Christians. 
it seems such a simple thing. Yet so many times we bypass it. And here Peter and John are giving us the example, and, and he says, listen, we're, we're going to do what we can, what we're supposed to do as Christians, and we can't give you money, but we can tell you about Jesus Christ, and, 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 and you can be healed. And, of course, this man rises up, and he jumps, and he walks, and he, he leaps, and he praises God, and, and, and a lot of people saw what was going on. And, and so they were where they were supposed to be, doing what they were supposed to, when they were supposed to be there, doing what they were supposed to do. But I want you to see this. They spoke what they were supposed to speak. It wasn't just a matter of helping out this lame man, but this lame man, as he, he leaps up and he's praising God and he's doing this, there's a whole bunch of people that come crowding around. And as these people come crowding around, if you look down with me to verse 12, it says, when Peter saw it, when Peter saw what? The great crowd with a whole lot of questions. They came running to see how in the world this man was made able to walk again. And this big crowd came to them. And Peter saw what was happening. He saw this crowd coming. It says, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus. And he goes on to preach a gospel message to them. See, they were where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there. They did what they were supposed to do as Christians. But they didn't stop there. They spoke what they were supposed to speak. And you know, there are a lot of people, and, and I know a lot of people, and I tend to be this way myself, there are a lot of people that are willing to do whatever is right to do, but they're not willing to speak what needs to be spoken. And yet the Bible tells us that they're not going to believe without a preacher. They're not going to be able to hear. They're not going to believe without being able to hear. They're not going to hear without somebody speaking the word to them. And so they were willing to speak. They were willing to, to, to say the truth, to speak what they were supposed to speak. And, and, and they did these things. And, and, and we're going to see the results later on. But all the way down through the rest of, of chapter 3, we see uh, Peter preaching the word of God to this group that is, is, has shown up there at the temple. I want you to see. When we start in chapter 4, these two men who were where they were supposed to be, doing what they were supposed to do, preaching what they were supposed to preach, they were persecuted as a result. Chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, it says, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved 
that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. I want you to think about this with me for just a minute. And I want you to think about this the next time that you're in a church service and you start looking at your watch or your cell phone. I want you to think about this. When were they on their way to the temple? Three o'clock. At the ninth hour, right? When they were taken to begin the persecution. They had been preaching. They had been teaching the word of God for over three hours. Because it was evening now. It was past six. They had been teaching and they had been preaching the word of God. And they, they had presented these things and they were being persecuted. And it says they were put in holds. They laid hands on them and put them in hold. They were thrown in jail doing what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it how they were supposed to do it. You know, if we're going to follow Jesus Christ and we're going to do what he wants us to do, there's going to be some difficulties in that. You know why? Because the God of this world doesn't want the truth to get through. And the people of this world that serve him don't want the truth to get through. And they're going to fight against it. Uh, Peter says, think it not strange. These things are going to happen. These things are going to happen when we serve God, but that should not stop the Christian from being where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there doing what he's supposed to do, speaking what he's supposed to speak, even though the persecution comes. They were, they were persecuted for the truth. Then you look down in verse 18 of chapter 4. Look all the way down, verse 18 of chapter 4. They were threatened to remain silent. Listen, you don't have to change your belief. You just not you just need to keep your mouth shut and don't say anything about Jesus Christ. Don't preach in his name. Don't do those things. And if you do that, you'll be okay. They were threatened verse 18 chapter 4 it says they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. They were given a command. They were told by the authorities, don't you be doing this. You know, I marvel sometimes at Peter and John. Because, you know, even when they were threatened, thrown in jail, they went out and preached the word. They went out and taught in Jesus' name. And there's too many Christians today that without the persecution and without the threats, we don't necessarily say anything contrary to the word. We just don't say anything about it at all. 
and we keep silent without even being threatened. Of course, the answer that Peter and John answered in verse 19 said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen We can't be silent. We have to speak these things because they're true. And we may get in trouble for it. We may wind up in jail for it. We may wind up being kicked out of the temple for it. But we're still going to do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. And we're still going to speak the truth as it needs to be spoken. They resolved to do what was right. See, they were threatened, but they resolved to do what was right. Listen, folks, if you get nothing else out of the message here this morning, get the realization that God is pleased with his people when they have a resolve. God is pleased with his people when they resolve to do what's right. By the way, that resolution isn't just a matter of saying I will. It's a matter of following through with it. And Peter and John here said, listen, we have to do what God told us to do. But now I want to look at some of the results. Turn back few verses here to John chapter 4 and verse 4. See, they had, they had been preaching, they had been teaching for three hours. By the way, that should be a lesson to those of you that are trying uh, to give the gospel to somebody. It's not a one, two, three, pray after me situation. When you're dealing with somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it takes time to make people understand sometimes what needs to happen. And there's no rush. But after three hours of preaching, after three hours of teaching, they're rushed upon and they're taken, it says, and and they're they're laid hands on and they're put in the hold in in verse 3 until the next day. But look at verse 4. It says, even though all these things happened, even though the people saw what happened to John and Peter, it says, how be it? Many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. It says, listen, many of those that what? Heard. The word. They had been being taught. John and Peter had been speaking the truth, and because they heard the truth and they understood it as truth, they believed. There was a result of John. Listen, John and Peter did not step out of their homes on their way to the temple 
and look at each other and say, hey, we're going to have a revival tonight. And we're going to see thousands of people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. That was not their intent when they headed to the temple. They headed to the temple to pray. They headed to the temple just to do what God wanted them to do. And God used that in a great way. And you never know, Christian, as long as you step out to do what God has called you to do, and you decide that you're going to do, you're going to follow what He wants you to do, whether that's on your way to church, or whether that's on your way to visitation, or whether that's knocking on a door, or whether that's talking to the person across the press from you, or whether that's dealing with the clerk at the store. Whatever it happens to be that God places in your path as you're going about to follow what he's given you to do, God can make great things happen. They headed to the temple to pray. And they had a revival. They had a soul-winning service. And here it says, many believed. Even though they saw the persecution, even though they saw what had happened, they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the same people, by the way, that would have been there when Christ was crucified. It would have been in that, that city and would have heard all of the happenings and known uh, what took place out on the, on the hillside there at Calvary. And, and there was no doubt that they... They would have known these things, and yet, when they heard the word that was preached to them, it made a difference in their life, and they were saved. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. That's it. And it's the power of God. They saw the lost saved. That was one. That was one result. One result was that they saw people saved. Now turn the page again. Chapter 4 down. All the way down to verse 31. Not only did they see people saved. But they saw the saved encouraged to continue and to do what God desired of them to do. Verse 31 says, And when they had laid, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they what? Spake the word of God with boldness. That's what God desires of his church. As Peter and John were on their way to an average prayer meeting in church, they were just doing what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it. And as they did that, they saw a need. 
And so they did what they were supposed to do this time. And as a result, we not only see hundreds and thousands of people saved, but we see the church encouraged and emboldened to do the same thing. Let me ask you a question this morning. I want each of us, I don't need to lay hands, I want each of us to think way down deep inside. Do I desire to see these kind of results? I hope the answer from everyone is yes. Are we guaranteed these type of results? We don't know how many people are going to be affected. But I do know this. If we don't follow this example... We have no chance of seeing the results. The only chance that we have is for God's people to be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. To do what you're supposed to do as Christians. See a need and meet the need. And to speak what we're supposed to speak about our Lord and Savior. If we'll do that, this was just two men in the church. If we'll do that, there is no telling what God can do through them.